Discover the leader in you with Dr. Jason Carson. Former New England Patriot turned PhD, Dr. Jason brings a new brand of inspiration and passion to audiences worldwide. Having served and consulted with Fortune 500 companies, the NFL Players Association, and the White House, each week, Dr. Jason will prescribe empowering, motivational, life-changing medicine for your soul. It's time to discover the leader in you. Now, here's Dr. Jason. All right, everybody. Well, I am excited about today. We are going to be talking about some great stuff. We're going to be talking about the state of public education and then also faith in the workplace. Now, I know that many of you may be saying, "Okay, this is going to be interesting. How can we have faith in the workplace and (laughs) the state of public education? Well, touche. We're actually going to dive into some things and I think that you will really enjoy our guest today. Uh, After the uh, commercial, we'll come back, and I'm going to introduce uh, Marvin Smith to you, who is multi-layered. He's going to be talking about several things today, but one of the big things that I just want to remind everybody of is that we want to develop you, give you as much content, give you as much uh, personal development tools as we can, because not only do we want you to discover the leader in you, But we want you to be able to go forward with a level of momentum and confidence as you embark on several journeys, whether it's personal development or you're trying to expand your business. So now in that same vein, I just want to share with everyone and want to remind you that if you go to our website at jasoncarthen.com, we actually have some free resources for you. And we also have some personal development tools there as well. But one of the big things that we always do, we want to make sure that we provide things to you free of charge. So if you go there and you actually sign up, you will actually begin to receive not only uh, three free success videos, but also a resource that will come right into your inbox every Monday morning. So make sure you take a look at jasoncarthen.com and I promise you, you will not be disappointed. So now without further ado, I want to share briefly a little bit of uh, bio and background history on Mr. Marvin Smith. And Marvin, as I shared, (laughs) is very layered here. And that's a great thing. It actually adds to uh, his depth and then also to let other people know that He's very accomplished, but Mr. Smith is a community leader and he's also a social entrepreneur. Uh, He is master certified in emotional intelligence, and that is huge, very important. Uh, He has his own uh, personal mission to add value to other people's lives and especially youth. Uh, He always consistently demonstrated a commitment to giving back to community and teaching youth how to develop and build their own communities through effective leadership. Mr. Smith also founded a community-based youth enrichment program that integrates technology, leadership, and entrepreneurship education to teach participating students to design and manage micro-enterprises using state-of-the-art technology. Mr. Smith earned his master's degree in business with an emphasis in organizational management and leadership from Azusa Pacific University. He received a certificate of marketing principles from the University of Southern California And he earned his bachelor's in psychology from Cal State Fullerton. He attended Vision Bible College, where he received his ministerial 
coordination. Now, I told you, everybody, a lot of layers, and that's a good thing. Without further ado, I want to welcome Marvin Smith to the show. Marvin, how are you? I'm doing well, Dr. Carthen. How are you doing? I'm well. I'm well. Well, I tell you, you know, in advance of this actual podcast and just thinking of having you on the show, I said, my goodness, you know, we we don't have a lot of time to spend with them, and there's so many different things that we can talk about. But one of the things that I wanted to make sure I could do was just to let our listeners know that, you know, faith is very important to you. So faith in the workplace seemed like just a great opportunity to kind of pick your brain a little bit and have uh, our listeners hear about some of the things that you're doing. So tell me, for example, what what is some of the what are some of the key things that you're doing right now with some of your initiatives? Talk to us a little bit. Okay, at this, at this time, uh, Dr. Cartian, first of all, let me back up. Thank you for having me on the show. Um, you know, I'm always appreciative. And when you're reading out the bio, I had to, within my own self, go, who was that guy? <laughs> and, uh, wow. And I said, but then I thought about when you get my age, I guess you can do all those kind of things because I have time, you know, the time availability to, to create it. So, um, but, but more importantly, um, as we talk about faith, you know, what I'm doing now, I'm a man of God first and foremost. Mm. You know, that's, that's who I am. Not That's not what I talk about. That's what I am. And so everything I do, I try to, I, I try, I make sure I infuse the Spirit of God in, in, in what I do. So that being shared, as you asked the question, I'm involved right now in public education, um, K-12, and uh, education reform, and really looking at the need of... Uh, education, our school of choice, um, for what a focus of urban inner city where the need is the greatest. And, and I say that because as I start to look at trends and statistics, and I start to look at America as an industrialized country, we have more people in prison than any other industrialized society in the world, wow. um, and, and which is a, a whole other issue. But that concerns me. It has concerned me. And I think that the foundation of that is faith, and then putting it into work is education. Mm. And so I, I, have, I have, not on my own initiative, but being led down this pathway of public education reform, and I'm somewhere that I had no idea I would ever end up. But mm. I'm excited because it's a lot of hard work. There's a lot of entrenched bureaucracy that's not that does not want to change and you understand when you start talking about change elements and, and organizational behavior change is the hardest thing to do in any organization or even in society when you look at human behavior so but if we're going to look at the future and going going and going to the looking at the word of god it's the little children the orphans who are his mm-hmm. and i just feel that i have a responsibility along with others that we do something about this situation. Absolutely. Well, I tell you what, Marvin, I I concur with you. I mean, many of the things that you just shared uh, are very appropriate because our young people, you know, we've heard it so much that they are our future, but our young people have to have a direction (laughs) and they have to have someone speaking into their lives so they understand that they're our future. And, you know, with what you're doing in the community, it is very much needed, um, and I just uh, pray that you'll continue to uh, take up that banner and go forward with a, a great amount of momentum. 
So one of the things that, you know, I want to ask you, and I'm sure our listeners would like to know now, you are a former professional athlete and you know what? I've seen you in person. You're not a small guy. So we know that you played football and that's a good thing. I know you have a background with the uh, Raiders and also the Rams, but how did you, how did you actually get involved and transition from being a professional football player into public education and into the K through 12 reform? Why is that even important? How did you make that leap? that you asked that, Dr. Carthian, um, because I, I myself, uh, being, being very introspective, I'm always taking time and looking at my life and looking at the pathway that uh, God has set before me. And, you know, we always talk about obedience, but sometimes we just get knocked in the head because God sometimes is hard. I was a linebacker, so, you know, sometimes we get a little hard head <laughs> uh, and take us down this pathway. And what happened? Uh, when I signed originally with the Rams, I also signed a contract um, for intern for a management program with Hughes Aircraft Company. And so I'm living in these dual worlds of professional sports and corporate America. And I had opportunity to get involved in research and development. Um, and, and it's kind of interesting with a you know, behavioral background that I get in research and development. But I became the liaison between upper management and um, and working with the engineers, and I, you know, I, I have to speak engineer language and then translate that to upper management. And so, but one thing I realized, I started to look around the lab, and it was really, it was really interesting. Just, I mean, my heart was always enthralled with just innovation. Mm-hmm. But, but the hardest thing for me it was disheartening. I would look around, and I would see nobody of color, mm. and, and and I would look and I would go. And I'd actually be an introspective again and just go, either one or two things are, are happening here. Either people of color that look like me are stupid or we just haven't had a chance given the op- giving opportunities. Mm. And, and it's, it's not the less of the two. It's, it's about opportunities. Right. If you've never been exposed, how do you get the opportunities? Mm-hmm. So that started me down this pathway. And then... Um, spent many years in the corporate side and doing consulting and um, and at some point I was talking to my wife and I was just really just sad coming from the community understanding my makeup and who I am I said there's a lot of kids who are just not getting opportunities and I said and my dad was a uh, was a, he's retired now but he was an educator um, and he was supervisor of education for a youth authority which is the youth prison mm-hmm. and at a young age I used to ask my dad you know dad why are we trying to educate kids, once they're locked up, why are we not doing a better job being proactive than looking at intervention? And, and his comment to me was, which I didn't understand at the time, was he said, son, it's uh, it's a calling. Somebody has to do the work. Wow. Let me, now I have to cut in there for a second because I think your father was, he was definitely on that. Um, <laughs> very, uh, very true <laughs> because when you think about, I mean, the transition and the leap that you made, you know, um, what you were confronted with. I mean, really seeing some of the stats and seeing how people are incarcerated and, and just the difficulty, you know, that it is to transition back into society. It takes someone with a calling to be able to uh, work with them. And I'm speaking from experience uh, because I was able to help uh, many people that transition back, you know, after they had been incarcerated and it is a calling. It's not easy. Uh, There's a lot of disappointment in that way. 
But, you know, I think we are really touching on something here because, you know, with that type of uh, demand or uh, challenge when people are incarcerated and transition back, I think faith, you know, is very much needed, you know. So tell me a little bit, you know, tell me a little bit about, you know, why you think faith is important when we're talking about integrating it into the workplace. Why is it even important? Well, I think it's important because it's foundational. Foundational to the point where, you know, we talk about integrity, we talk about, um, you know, perseverance, we talk about determination. You know, faith to me is a foundation of just, you know, all the goodness that we have taken away that, that has been removed from the, trying to be removed totally from the workplace. Mm. And then we talk, when you talk about public education, I remember as a kid, we used to pray. I mean, you know, there was prayer, there were things that, gave you a foundation of uh, of morals and values. Mm-hmm. You know, and I look at how we have progressed forward as a society that, you know, when it took, and this is my take on it, when it took God out of the, out of the school place and when all this craziness started to happen. And because I believe that we took away the, the values, the morals, the ethics, and, you know, and I look at the decay of the modern family. And, and, you know, one thing I hear from some of my colleagues and, and some of the experts, well, it's the, it's because of the lack of parenting. Well, unfortunately, in the 21st century, it's different than what it was 20, 20 years ago, 30 years ago. And we cannot continue to put blame on the family. If we're going to take blame, we need to take blame as individuals. And then we have to go back to the foundation. Where are the values? And it takes all of us to model it for our young people. My goodness. All right. Well, hey, we are on with Marvin Smith, and he is sharing why faith in the workplace is so important and how he actually does that with Innovative Education Group. And, you know, I just want to remind our listeners that, you know, we have a lot of things for you to stay connected with us. I want to direct you to our blog at drjasoncarthen.com where you can interact with us. You can post some of your questions. You can actually be involved with the conversation. And that's something that we certainly want from you. Uh, Marvin Smith is sharing some things that certainly have me thinking. And I just hope that uh, those of our listeners, as you have questions, that you'll, you know, send us some notes, send us some uh, questions and Make sure you stay connected with us uh, through jasoncarthen.com or drjasoncarthen.com. And, you know, we promise to uh, remain connected with you and continue to have high caliber uh, guests come on the show like Marvin. Marvin, let me let me ask you something. Now, if if you're talking about this type of faith integration, uh, are you receiving any sort of um, pushback because we know that some of the uh, worst performing students uh, in America right now happen to be minorities. And it's not just relegated to African-Americans. It can be Latinos. Uh, any any uh, minorities are having some real challenges. And the African-American male uh, as well is actually having some deep challenges. So are you getting pushback when you're trying to go in and help some of these uh, different populations? Or what are you running into? Doctor, as you ask that question, I'm, I'm as I'm contemplating. I'm, I there, yes, there is pushback. Mm. It's pushback from status quo. It's pushback when you know. I'm, I'm gonna speak truth. Pushback when there's unions that are protecting the rights of teachers and not the rights of students. 
Mm. Um, nothing I have, not, you know, I'm a union guy. You're, you, you know, we've come we're part of the union. Mm-hmm. But there's a place for everything. The Word of God talks about there's a place and time for everything. Mm-hmm. And when an entity, an organization has outlived its purpose and have not recalibrated for what's new, you become entrenched in the old. And so unfortunately, when you have a certain segment of population of minorities who don't have the ability or the insight to understand the, um, I look at public education for what I've learned, it is so um, intricately complicated by design. Right. I can't see an average person or parent trying to wrap their arms around it to understand it. It is, it is that difficult. So, unfortunately, minorities, because there's no representation, they're getting the... Um, they're getting what's left. That's <laughs> what yeah. it sounds like. I'm trying okay, to be nice. Yeah, yeah. I, I'll help you with that one because <laughs> I go into the schools too, and it's a challenge. And, you know, I, I love what you shared. You prefaced it and said, you know, I want to speak truth. And, you know, here on Discover the Leader and You, that's what we're all about. You know, we want to keep it real. And as our young people say, we want to keep it 100. And yeah, <laughs> that's kind yeah, of where yeah. we are because we have a very challenging uh, situation that's uh, confronting yeah. us. And if we don't have people like uh, you going into the schools and really making a difference, I mean, it's just going to continue to get worse. And there's plenty of uh, research and uh, data to support that. So let me let me ask you something. then. so in in some of our conversations, you've actually talked about from the cradle to the grave pertaining to education. What what do you mean by that? You know, what's your take on that statement? And, mm-hmm. and, and, and you said, let me back up. You said, has there been pushback? Are there issues of, of going in to the, where the need is the greatest? I go, mm-hmm. yes, right? And then you get to the point where you talk about PC being politically correct. Mm-hmm. And you know what, Jason? I'm at a point, if God be for us, who could be against us? Right. Somewhere we've got we to stop worrying about being politically correct and be politically right. Mm. Okay. All okay? right. And, and and that being shared is there's a record number from the cradle to the grave because kids are being born in these environments, these adverse conditions, underrepresented. And with a high-quality education and, and, and Jesus Christ, so I can't, you know, in public education you can't prophesize, you know, but you can be about. Mm-hmm. You, can't, you can't condemn me for who I am. Right. And there's a way of bringing God by living the example. And, and so what has happened, our kids, there's a lot of kids, minorities, I can say, not just African-American, but that, the poor, mm-hmm. that, are, that are being born and they're destined to the grave with no hope. Mm. Wow. And so when you start to look at when a kid becomes incarcerated at a young age and now going speed forward, one thing I have learned, and everybody's called me naive, I've been around a long time, but it's my heart. This is Marvin, when you're looking at education, when you're looking at the system, I tell him right now, I know what it's about. It's money, power, and politics. Mm. And it's like, didn't you know that? I go, yeah. I thought it was about kids. I thought it was about opportunities. So what has happened, our kids get incarcerated at a young age, and they become enculturated into a system. Mm-hmm. And they live, and, and now recidivism, and you've worked in a field, 
the, the rate of getting out of that environment the, the, is the, when you start looking at percentages are so low, they're destined to the grave. Right, right. And so, I, and then I realized now there's a new, this was kind of, this was really interesting. I was reading an article and they were talking about privatized prisons are big now. I mean, that's the, that's the new, I mean, we're talking about stock exchange, the whole bit. And there's some major entities who were supporting privatized prisons. And, and really what it does, and I'm speaking truth again, it's called modern-day slavery. Mm-hmm. If you get these kids at a young age, you keep them incarcerated for life, and all of a sudden now they have these jobs that they're doing within the system, and they're paying them 25 cents an hour. Right, right. You know, yeah. and so it, it has become big business. So how do we compete on the global marketplace? Well, if we lock up a whole bunch of folks, then we can have we have slave labor to do the work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Marvin, that, go ahead, go ahead, finish your thought. Yeah, you know, and, and that's not, you know, and Dr. Ness, and so I see that, and it's something that you don't hear a lot about. Mm, absolutely. You know, you, and then I, one thing I realized when I, I read this formula, how to, how, to, how to have a successful privatized prison. And it was the same formula, ironically, to how to, how to have and develop a successful um, school, uh, uh, education school for reform. Wow. Yeah, see, and that's the, Marvin, that's the challenge. I I think many people do not lend their voices to the conversation just because they don't know, you know. And, you know, there was a young lady, her name escapes me now, too many blows to the head (laughs) playing ball, but her name escapes me now, but she talks about the new slavery. And it's very much akin to what you're talking about. And many people, uh, basically as humans, we have a tendency to watch things occur uh, and unless it really, really stops in our backyard, we don't get involved with it. And I think that's a little bit of what you're talking about, because when you start talking about privatizing uh, prisons, someone somewhere should say morally and ethically, this is a no go, you know, but it's not like that's happening. And, you know, it's it just bears watching, you know, we're going to have to see yeah. where this takes us. But. You know, when you talk about faith in the workplace and a person's ability to be able to share, you know, tell me a little bit, tell me a little bit about how that is a part of what you're doing, you know, now, and I, what I, what I mean by that, I know you're doing some things related to neuroscience and education. You're doing some things that really want to elevate the educational environment. How is your faith going to play a role into that. So at some point we'll be able to impact, you know, those that are transitioning from prison. Well, one thing that I, I realized, God is the author of all. He's a finisher of our faith. Mm-hmm. And I've come to the conclusion and, you know, let me back up. Uh, initially I was a pre-med major and I took a psychology class. Well, no, let me back up. I took this class called um, Organic Chemistry. And I'm like, what the heck is that? <laughs> yes. I'm like, I, I think I'm about to take that next semester. But in the interim, I took a psychology class and I lit up. I go, wow, this is me. And basically what it did, it helped me find out. It helped me discover me. It helped me to be my insecurities and, and where I was as a person growing up in a neighborhood. You know, all these things that we deal with as, as human beings and, and, and as we grow and develop, just trying to discover who we are. I heard someone say the other day, 
um, it was, uh, matter of fact, it was uh, Bishop Desmond Tutu. And he said, you know, the two greatest moments of our life is when we're born and, we, and when we discover our purpose. Mm. Yep. So true. You know, so in doing that, I started to, I, I just been very blessed to, to get involved in neuroscience. And, and, and I started to see how it is so radical, how it can transform how we think and how we see things. And then if we take understanding how the brain works and we really infuse faith and we give people learning teach them how to be independent thinkers mm-hmm. and be connected by faith. And you know the word of God says all we need is faith by the mustard seed and we can move mountains. Mm-hmm. And, and it's that motivational aspect and you talking about the motivational speaker yourself. How do we motivate people? Not just motivate them for the moment, but motivate them for life. So the neuroscience became a way I saw in education that we could motivate people for life and then infuse faith that you don't have to browbeat someone, but put the principles in place. And I think the way we are wired, we will naturally progress. Right, right. No. Because now now we're in a society that is anti-faith. Yeah, in a lot of ways. Yeah, in a lot yeah. of ways. You're definitely you're 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 so accurate on so many points there. Let me let me jump in here. One of the things yeah. that you know, one of the things that I want to make sure uh, people understand is that this is not something that is a also ran. You're talking about doing some cutting edge things. When you start talking about neuroscience and education, that's not the norm. I think that. Someone asked you, you know, what would be your idealistic educational environment? And you're actually creating it now with your efforts and your intentions, you know, and this neuroscience piece uh, plays a huge role in it, Marvin. So, you know, I, I commend you for that. And the one thing that, you know, I really want our listeners to understand is that behaviorally, if you're able to change, you know, the processes that take place in the brain, you have a greater likelihood of success over the long term. And I think what you're talking about and what you're doing is very noble. I think it is very cutting edge. And and again, I just commend you. I want you to continue to move forward despite uh, what many of the naysayers may be trying to say to you at this point, because it's going to add value. And it may be, you know, that that thing that's needed to kind of uh, stop us out of this uh, tailspin that we're experiencing. Marvin, let me ask you this here as we get ready to transition a little bit. Now, if people wanted to get in contact with you or if they wanted to take a look at the Innovative Education Group a little bit more and just uh, maybe even volunteer or intern or help you carry the load, you know, is there a website? Where would you direct them to or a phone number or something like that? What I would do, I would direct him to www.go to God. I'm just playing. <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> hey, that's not a bad thing. <laughs> <laughs> Go to God. He, he will direct. He will direct you. No. Um, <laughs> what they don't know, Doctor Carter, I'm, I'm a uh, a big joker as well. So you know, life without laughing, what is life? There you go. Um, there otherwise, you go. you're crying. But uh, yes, you get two things. Our, our new website uh, should be coming online in another month for IEG, which is the Innovative Education Group, and um, that's kind of the brain trust. Uh, uh, I call it the brain trust, the guardian of mm-hmm. the of the organization. And our, uh, as far as the schools are concerned, we're looking at um, 
Learning Innovation Academy as the actual entities themselves that we're looking at deploying into communities. Mm. So right now there's some basic information on that you can go to a www.liacademy.org. Okay. And if you want to reach me by email, you can reach me at Marvin at L as in Larry, I as in instrument, academy.org. Excellent. Excellent. All right. Good information there, Marvin. Well, hey, we're getting ready to transition here. Marvin, I have uh, really enjoyed my time with you thus far, and I know that there are going to be continual developments as you continue to press in and do more uh, with the Innovative Education Group and, and most uh, most importantly, seeking to impact young people in a very positive way. Now, as we wrap up our last uh, couple of minutes here, Marvin, is there anything that you would like to add briefly that our listeners need to hear about? Yeah, real quick. Um, First of all, uh, Dr. Carthy, and I want to thank you for your continued encouragement. And I want to thank you for, uh, as I I came into the um, the Ohio region, that you, uh, with open arms, were there in support and still there in support and looking at how we can continue the efforts forward. And I commend you on all your work I, I, and, and, um, and looking at the leader and individuals and being that instrument to help people grow, that they can reach their full potential. Oh, and I know you. as a man of faith, what's at your heart. So I commend you for that. And the last thing I look at, the reason why we have to change systems, we talk about, in closing, social justice. Mm-hmm. Where there is no social justice without economic equality. And that's why my heart has always been that we've got to be able to go into our communities and let us teach the people how to be independent and what systems and business, the things that you talk about all the time. And we have to give them the tools that they can be self-sufficient. Excellent. Now, do we teach them how to fish? Do we feed them today or do we teach them how to fish? We've got to teach people how to fish. Excellent. Marvin, well said. Well said, my brother. That's good stuff. And you know what? I just want to piggyback on some of what uh, Marvin just shared with us. You know, at the end of the day, we're all about equipping and empowering people. That's really the only way we're going to stem the tide of some of the things that we see taking place in society. And Marvin, I just want to thank you for being on the show today. And I just want to encourage our listeners to stay connected with us. We are at the end of our time. But most importantly, I'm hoping that you were able to take away some things from today on Discover the Leader in You. And just want to remind everybody that, you know what, please connect with us at jasoncarthen.com where we have a great opportunity for you. If you sign up with our uh, Monday Morning Leadership Minute, it's going to be coming to you every morning in your inbox with encouragement, thoughts, business ideas, and personal development as well. We love the fact that you stay connected with us and we're going to continue to grow and keep going forward. And we would love for you to be a part. Just as a reminder, our Speak Life sessions are coming up in March. You can register online or you can actually give our office a call at one 227 8436. We are really, really thankful for you being a part of today. Remember, live your destiny on a daily basis and stay connected with us. Take care now. You're listening to Discover the Leader in You with international leadership and business expert, Dr. Jason Carthen. Dr. Jason wants to connect with you right now. 
Check out our blog and visit our website at jasoncarthen.com. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Enterprises. Follow us on Twitter at Jason Carthen. Be sure to join us again next week to discover the leader in you.